Hello, Nailers fans, and welcome in to another edition of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented by the 19th Hole. I'm DJ Abasella, and we have Nailers hockey this week back at West Bank Arena. Saturday night, a 7.05 face-off against the Indy Fuel. The Nailers will then travel to Indy on Sunday afternoon for a 3.05 puck drop against the Fuel. And I can't tell you how excited, first of all, I am to have Nailer hockey back again after a couple of weeks off, but I guarantee you the players are chomping at the bit to get out there and play against opposition not named themselves. So that'll be a lot of fun coming up here this weekend. I have two of the players joining me this afternoon to have our interview segment today. It's Cody Sylvester and Evan Wardley, a couple of players who we've had in Wheeling before, went away, went to school, played in Europe, and now they're back in Wheeling once again. So guys, thanks so much for taking some time out of your day. How's things? Pretty good. How are you doing, Deej? I'm doing well. So let's just dive right into it. I mean, you guys played a couple of weeks ago in South Carolina, and then all craziness kind of happened. You didn't play the next week against Indy. You didn't play last weekend against South Carolina. First of all, it's good to see that everybody is back healthy and ready to go. But, man, how eager has it been, and how eager are you guys to get out there and play again this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think that we're all really excited about uh, being able to play some games again. It was uh, a long break for sure, but um, uh, the front office and the coaching staff did a great job of putting together workouts and, and some skates for those able to and just made sure that we're at least able to do something for the most part every day. Cody, for you, like it almost felt like an Olympic break where you had the two full weeks off. Uh, what did you do to help yourself stay in game shape and be game ready? Because there's something to be said about that game scenario as opposed to just normal practices. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty tough when you're not playing games for two weeks. Uh, but, I mean, Wardo said we, we worked out, we, we skated when we could. We obviously took uh, the precautionaries that we needed to do. Um, obviously, everyone's health is the most important thing, and, and uh, the team handled that really well. But um, once we we had some guys that didn't didn't catch the virus, so we were able to get on the ice and, and skate a little bit and and uh, get in the in the gym and throw some weights around. So that was nice. But um, now I think everyone's back besides one guy. So we're just waiting on. I think it's Berkey. And then um, we'll have our full team back, and um, everyone's just excited to start playing games again. What was it like for you? I know you didn't spend a lot of time in South Carolina in the 14-15 season, but getting a chance to go back there and see the building and you know, be in a place that you were familiar with, kind of like coming back to Wheeling again. Um, yeah, it was nice. Um, I mean, I was only there until, I think, Christmas that, that one year. So I, I enjoyed South Carolina. Obviously, the weather's... Uh, beautiful down that way and and the organize, organization was great and they treated me very well so I have nothing bad to say about them and obviously going back and, and playing in that building and I actually played with a couple guys that are still there so that was that was pretty neat to see them again and um, I wish we could have you know got a win going back there but we didn't and um, hopefully we see them again and we can we can beat up on them when we see them. Evan, taking that little bit of a break here, obviously the two South Carolina games didn't go the way you guys wanted to. Is this a good chance for the team to kind of reset, fix a couple of things, and really start to put a nice charge together? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that weekend especially left a sour taste in our mouths. We weren't at all happy with the way that we played. And I think these last few weeks have been a good chance for a lot of us to just kind of work on the things that we know that we need to work on and try to fix those areas of our game so that come this weekend we're ready to go. One of the things I appreciate, you were here for the 15-16 season, which is one of the most memorable seasons that ever happened here in Wheeling. And despite the fact that you got hurt in December, you still were as part of that team as anybody who was lacing up the skates day in and day out. And that's a team that had to battle some adversity. Tied for last in the conference in January, still was able to really fight together and get to where they wanted to go April, May, and June. What did you learn from that run about dealing with adversity and really being able to stick together as a group to get to the finish line? I think that was it right there. It was just that group that we had. Um, it was definitely special. It uh, didn't matter about how we're, if we had a bad game or not. I think that starting with the leadership in that locker room and all the way down to, to me being the youngest guy at the time, everyone just kind of bought in everyone knew what we needed to do and everyone played a role um, I wasn't playing but I knew that you know I still had a great time in the locker room with those guys it was a fun place to come to every day Cody you played on the 13-14 team that was a good team got a playoff series win against the Stingrays but I want to talk to you about the off ice thing because that's one of the stories that we hear quite a bit from the players who were here during your era, the Rownies, the Condons, like when they get to the NHL and the cabins come up time after time. How much fun was it living in the cabins but then also now I see that you guys are chilling in your nice apartments at the Bory Loft, so to have that change when you came back here this time around. Um, yeah, the cabins obviously, they were, they were fun to be at. Um, I think we, we crammed in four guys per cabin so you you got to know each other very well and um, it was just nice being up there. You kind of get away from uh, the city downtown area and it's kind of just like you're out there by yourselves. You can have a fire outside and uh, all the guys are just around. So it was a pretty tight knit group. And this year, obviously we're all in the, the apartments right across the rink, great location. And again, we're all together. So that's, that's huge. We get we get together when we can. Obviously, with COVID, it's a little different year, and we can't do as much as we would like to. But um, we have each other, so that's that's the main thing. Were there certain activities that you feel like that team did just because of the location up near Ogilby, and maybe different activities? Like you said, you're a little bit limited this time around with COVID and everything, but you still are living together, so you can still find some different things that you can do. Yeah, when we lived up in Ogilby, we. Obviously, we had access to uh, the golf course, so if there was a nice day, guys would go golfing. And obviously, if it was a snowy day, we'd maybe get the sleds out and hit the hit the hills there. So it was kind of nice to just get outdoors when we were up there. And obviously, this year it's a little different. We can we get together and play some board games, cards, and uh, pretty much just hang out, seeing how we can't really go out and explore the city. Words, did you get a chance to experience cabin life? I did. Yeah. What'd you think? I loved it. My, uh, I was pretty, had a pretty fun cabin. I had Army, Bracer, and Burton in my uh, first time in my cabin. Wow. So, a fun group. 
that uh, that's a group. There's a lot of personalities going on. And, and you mentioned Derek, and this is really unique because he went from being a teammate of both of yours to now being a coach. What's that like playing for someone who you played with and either of you can take it first? Um, I, it's been great so far. Arms has done a, a great job of it. Um, I have so much respect for him just kind of as a person, first and foremost, that I knew it would be easy making that transition. And if you know Derek at all, away from the rink, you know he's a stand-up guy. He's a great guy. And so it, he's definitely made it easy, and he's doing a great job so far from what I can tell. Making it, like you mentioned, the biggest thing being that transition from being the player to being a coach. And, you know, you can still be friends in a way, but still being that voice of power, authority in the dressing room, right? Yeah, and Arms is, he's a really respected guy. You know, he's always been a leader on every team that he's been on. So I think that goes to show that when he speaks, guys listen and they want to learn and kind of soak up as much knowledge as they can. Cody, have you ever had that experience before where you're playing or you're playing for someone who you played with? Um, yeah, actually, in Germany, I played with, uh, his name is Harry Lang. Uh, I think I played with him my first two years in the second league in Germany, and then my third year, he became assistant coach. And him and I, we hung out almost every day outside of the ring. We were really close friends, and he was, I can't remember how old he was, but he's quite a bit older than I was, so... Like Ward said, it's it's the respect level that you have for the for the guy, and obviously, if he takes on the role as a coach, then it's the respect that you have for him as a as a human and as a player. He came to the came to the rink every day and worked his his butt off. So, um, if you have the respect for the guy, you're you're going to take it in and and listen to what he has to say. It takes a special person to really dive in and get to know the community where you're playing and to not just put a sweater on and have whatever logo it is on the front to really actually mean something does that really strike for you guys the fact that Derek is so passionate about wheeling and can really instruct especially with such a new team this year and I'm sure they lean on you guys as well just what it means to be a nailer um yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to to play with Derek as as long as Wardo did, but um, he's just a very passionate guy. He he came to the rink every day, and you know, he he wore this the crest on the front, and he didn't play for the name on the back. So he was just a hardworking guy and um, great guy off the ice, funny guy, and you can easily joke around. But you know, when he when he came to the rink, he had his his boots on, hard hat on, and. Um, you got to respect him for that. And obviously he's been around for a long time in wheeling and he knows everything about it. He knows all the fans. He knows the good places to go eat and, and whatnot. So it's, it's, if you need to know anything, you just go talk to Arms. Whereas we may just beat the finals run to a dead horse today just because it's so much fun to talk about. But it, going through something like that and getting to know all the people when things are so great, does that make it more special? Yeah, absolutely. I just think about the buzz of the the city and just everything that was going on. I remember those cicada bugs. <laughs> just there's just a lot going on, and the fans, the support that they have for us, the parade. The, 
escort everything that you know was going on during that run. It was, it was a lot of fun. So it's cool to see the city from that side and see how much you know passion that they do have for the Wheeling Nailers and, and this team. And so you, you just hope that obviously it's a little different this year, but you just hope that the guys that come in that they get a chance to experience the city like like I have. There's a lot of different things this year. Obviously, you look at what you guys go through on a day-to-day basis. We're doing this for the power hour via Zoom as opposed to at the 19th hole. That's a change, but one of the things that's starting to come full circle is roster moves. And you kind of expect that at this level. Some people joke around that it's the ever-changing hockey league, but is it a little bit challenging right now where I mean, you're going to have possibly as many as five or six guys making their season debuts this weekend? That's kind of unheard of for game 11 of the year, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, this league's always always been, um, you know, a developmental league, and, and obviously you want guys to go up to the AHL, and, and right now the AHL is going to be starting, so that's where we're, we're losing quite a few guys to, to the AHL in Wilkes-Barre and I guess around the league as well. But um, we have a lot of new guys, like you said, five or six guys that are going to be making their debut on, uh, on Saturday, but... Um, that's the great thing about our team this year. We're so we're so close together that we got to know everyone so well, and I feel like the new guys that come in, we just bring them in, and uh, they feel pretty comfortable. And just at the rink, I mean, you go into the rink, and um, everyone's just you know best friends. So um, we we work hard off the ice and on the ice, and um, I think they'll have no problem fitting in on Saturday. Evan, you've had a chance to do this twice, where as a rookie. Coming out of Major Junior, you hopped in here at the end of the 14-15 season. And again, this year, you weren't here right at the beginning of training camp, a little bit into the season. Was it a little bit different this time around, coming in new, already having done it before, than, oh man, I'm starting my pro career, this is a whole new world that I'm completely foreign to? Yeah, I think I was a little more comfortable with the league. Uh, Coming to Wheeling, obviously I'm familiar with the area with army coaching that that obviously makes things a lot easier uh, i knew a few of the faces just from junior from past games of the guys here so that 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 point made it easier for me compared to when i was younger than just coming into a brand new city new environment everything like that outstanding this is the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour. We're talking with Cody Sylvester and Evan Wardley, a couple of faces that we've had here in downtown Wheeling before, and we're excited to have them back for another exciting year of Nailers hockey. Don't forget, they'll be in action coming up this weekend. Saturday night, a 7-10 face-off against the Fuel. Limited amount of tickets available. You can call 304-234-GOAL or go to wheelingnailers.com. And then the team will be on the road in Indy on Sunday at 3.05. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with these guys. We'll talk about what they've been doing, a lot of fun activities since they left Wheeling and some things that they're very passionate about. So I'm excited to dive into that. You're tuned into the Nailers Broadcast Network presented by Main Street Bank. Welcome back. Segment number two of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented by the 19th Hole on Fox Sports Radio. Joined by Cody Sylvester and Evan Wardley and You know, both of you, as we talked about, had 
gotten a chance to go play some hockey outside of Wheeling. So, Evan, first off for you, you decided to go the route of going back to school as you went to the University of Lethbridge. What led you to that decision, and why was Lethbridge the place to go? Um, Well, I ended up getting hurt, as you had mentioned, and it was just before kind of that uh, deadline that you get before you have to redshirt for a season. So I got kind of lucky there that and I didn't have to give up my schooling um, scholarship from the Western Hockey League. So I figured that I would use that and use those resources and go to Lethbridge. It was, um, it was closer to home. Well, I guess it's, it's the same distance, but uh, all my, my friends and, and uh, some family and stuff, they're all in the Southern Alberta area. So it made a little more sense for me to go down there. What'd you study? I studied psychology. Oh, nice. Is that something that you've always been into? Is that something that you saw and you were like, oh, you know what? That'd be kind of neat to learn something about. Well, I, kind of, I changed my majors three times. I started out in business and I went to Canice and I had taken a couple electives that were psych classes and I enjoyed it. So I decided to stick with that and write that one out. Gotcha. That's a pretty neat, uh, neat thought. Is there something that you want to ride that into a future career, maybe, or what's uh, what did you take away most from studying psych? Um, I, there's definitely some options. Uh, you can go a couple paths with it. Um, you know, there's a few things that have caught my eye uh, post hockey, but that's a little down the road, so I don't have to really get too much into it or give it too much thought yet. Gotcha. What's it like playing Canadian University hockey? Because I feel like a lot of people here in the States, they know all about the NCAA. Major Junior gets a big spotlight too because there's quite a few really elite players that come out of there. But Canadian University is kind of like foreign territory for folks over here. What makes it so good? Well, you're getting all the best players or not the best players, but... It's all, I guess, not really a lot of them, but you're getting the other 20-year-olds that didn't go pro or that are coming out of the major juniors, like BC, the AJ, SJ, anywhere in Canada, really. You don't really get a lot of out east guys coming over west. Everyone kind of stays in their, their vicinity of the country. But, um, I mean, it's, it's a good league. It's older league for sure, but... Um, We've had some really good players. I think that the league's starting to turn a corner a bit. Uh, we had Luke Phillips sign an NHL deal from uh, the University of Alberta. We have Matt Alfaro on our team now, and he was he was without a doubt the best player in the league last year. So there's definitely, as you can see, some high-end talent that comes out of the league now. Do you think that's going to continue to have an imprint as you start to see rosters get built, especially in this league? I mean, heck, you look at just what you mentioned about Alfaro, you, and you go back to the finals run again. Shane Baker was a Canadian University guy. So you can definitely sense some high-impact players, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that maybe some more people are starting to take notice to that, that there are some really good players that are still playing in the CAS. Granted, maybe they're not getting... NHL deals like Phil, but uh, there's definitely a lot of options for for those high-end players in that league. 
Cody, for you, instead of going up north, you went across the ocean and decided that Europe was going to be the option. And that's something that we see quite a few different players decide on. It's not uncommon to see guys hop the pond. What first attracted you about wanting to play hockey in Europe? Um, it's actually um, kind of a crazy story. and I wasn't expecting to go over as, as quick as I as I did. I was expecting to finish out the, the season in South Carolina. But uh, I had a, had a good buddy. Well, he still is my good buddy, uh, Brooks Masick. Um, he was playing in the DEL, the first league in Germany. And uh, I guess they had a couple injuries, and he gave me a, a call and asked if I wanted to go play on his team. And, and he was like, well, we, we need you this weekend. And so it was kind of like a, a quick decision by my part, but I knew I was going to go over there at some point. It was after the, the year in South Clare, uh, South Carolina or not. But, um, you know, it's a it's a great league in, in Germany, the first league and the second league. But um, it's kind of hard to get in the first league, so I kind of had to jump on that opportunity as quick as I could. It's funny because in North America, it's the NHL. That's the gold standard. Everybody knows how you got the AHL, the ECHL as feeder systems. But Europe... Holy smokes, are there options between all the different countries, Germany, Switzerland, Italy, Russia, Finland, Sweden. Is it tough to kind of look at it and think, okay, what's the best fit? Because I have to believe that each one has its own unique style, its own unique flavor to it, right? Uh, Yeah, it does. I mean, I didn't really stray too much from Germany. I I love Germany, and um, I played in in Germany my first year in the in the first league and then uh, I didn't really shop around too much my my second year my brother was playing in Austria and um, we actually got to be teammates my second year so that was a no-brainer to go over there and play a year with him and then um, after that year I just wanted to get back into Germany so I, I left Austria and came or went to Bad Nauheim and I spent uh, three years there so and then my brother actually followed me there his last year as uh, his professional career. So that was pretty fun to be able to play with my brother for two years out of the five in Europe. Is he younger than you? He's three years older than Oh, me. he's older than you. Okay. Gotcha. Was it something about the style of hockey that you liked out in that area? Was there – what about the culture? Did you find that enjoyable as well? Um, yeah, the hockey – it's great hockey over there. Um, you play on Olympic size ice, so it's a lot bigger ice ice surface than it is over here so you don't get hit as much your body doesn't take a, a beating like you do over here so I, I feel like you can play quite a, quite a few more years in Europe and that's probably why you see guys once they get a little older they start to go over across the pond um, just to get those couple extra years maybe um, but the culture the culture is amazing um, there's so much history there wherever you walk you, you see an old building and you're always asking the Germans what it was and and they're always kind enough to to enlighten you in, on everything that uh, the history has to offer over there and I mean you can go anywhere and there's his, history is just hitting you in the face so it was, it was pretty awesome. Did you learn the language or were you asking for help a lot? Um, I was so our, our teams we we had a lot of um, North Americans well, German North Americans with their passports so when we went to the rink, we everyone spoke English, all the Germans, they didn't know English. And so I, I wasn't really put into a position where I had to learn it. Obviously, I did try and learn it a little bit. Like I, I knew how to order a beer when I went out. 
It's all that matters in Germany, right? Exactly. So, um, but no, I'll. I don't know much German, and I should. I've. I mean, I was in German-speaking country for five years, and I don't. I don't know much. If anybody follows me on Twitter, they know I like food. So, what about the food? What was your favorite German dish? Ooh, favorite German dish, schnitzel probably. That's good. That really good. Um, they always had a schnitzel night on. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. I can't remember now, but um, pretty much every week that was that was our go-to. That's awesome. Evan, do you have a location that you'd like to try and visit at some point in your lifetime, whether it's in hockey or whether it's in your spare time? Uh, yeah, I would like to maybe go across Europe for sure. I've heard nothing but good things over there and I know quite a few guys over there and they seem to enjoy it. So I could definitely see myself venturing over there. You can hear it from Torque Embracer a lot. Is there a country that you'd think you'd want to check out just because either the history of it or the food? Is there one that really that pops out as, you know, that'd be a cool place to see? I think Germany would be pretty cool. Um, Switzerland, I know a few people out there. Italy, I think really anywhere. It's also different compared to here, I'm sure, so... Like any anywhere you go in Europe is going to be a great experience. You mentioned that one of the biggest draws of Lethbridge was that you were close to home. You're an Alberta guy, Vulcan. What part of the province are you in? I'm in the southern part of the province. Okay, so you're in the Calgary neighborhood then? Uh, still south there. Oh, wow. So you're almost bordering the states then. Yeah, we're close. It's probably, yeah, it's close to the state side. What... What's so special about Alberta? Like, what is one of the biggest things that you have pride in being from there? What's fun to do there? What really makes it uh, what makes you proud to be an Albertan? Well, I think the biggest thing would be making the Rocky Mountains. Uh, you have the prairies. You get the best of both worlds. Um, there's just so much to see. Wait, you're a cowboy. Yeah, you got the Stampede. The Calgary Stampede is a big one. Uh, just there's just a lot, lot to do outdoors there. Um, there's a lot of hunting. I don't hunt myself, but and the, a lot of my friends are into that. I go sledding in the winter, that kind of thing, pond hockey. So it's it's a good spot. I like the fact that how touristy you said it. Like the rock between the Rocky Mountains and the prairies, that sounds very picturesque and stampede and whatnot. So, like you said, you don't hunt. What have you found yourself doing for hobbies, especially this past summer when you know outdoor activities or, or other items were a little bit different? Yeah, um, I actually got into tennis quite a bit this summer, so I started playing tennis, uh, golf. Uh, anything that I could do kind of outside, uh, I got the chance to do. Um, a buddy of mine has his, uh, he has his own custom carpenter com- company, so I was helping him flip houses and just little things here and there just to kind of stay busy. Gotcha. Very good. Cody, you had finished up last season, and the original plan was for you to play in Atlanta, and that's where your off-season home is, right? Uh, yeah, it is. Um, that's where my, my wife and her family are from. And we, I, I think we've spent the last four, five summers down that way. 
but um, we'll venture back home for at least a month and to Canada, to BC and Alberta for to see my parents for a month. But um, yeah, we, we spend most of it in Georgia. Um, I love Georgia. It's, it's hot, maybe a little too hot in the summers for me. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. How long did it take you to get over here? Was it pretty quick as soon as people started to figure out that COVID was happening? Were you able to get back over to North America relatively quickly or did you have to wait it out for a little bit? Um, no, we were actually able to get back um, rather quick. It was kind of a scramble. Um, I think we had, I think the airline said like two or three days and they were they were shutting it down. So we only had, I think, two days to pack up our whole apartment and, and to find a place to store it. So that was, it was, it was difficult. We spent at least a day and a half probably at the airport trying to get flights. Um, especially we have a dog too. So we had to get him on the plane. And I think they're only, they were only allowing like two flights a day to Atlanta. So it was pretty tough, but we got lucky and we packed up our apartment probably within 12 hours and we have, we still have our stuff over there. We have uh, some pretty good, some friends that we met that are fans and um, we became close, close with them. So we were able to keep our stuff there. So they made it pretty easy for us. What'd you do in Georgia this summer? Uh, a lot of boating. Um, Jenna's parents, they, they got a place on the lake. So we were out there as, as much as we could. Um, if we weren't on the lake, we were, we were in Atlanta. Um, that's where um, Jenna's brother's from, or is, is living. So we, we spent a lot of time in Atlanta. Atlanta's a very cool city. Um, if you ever go down, go down that way, um, there's a lot of cool things to do. Just give me a call and I'll show you around. But um, yeah, if I wasn't, if I was on the lake, what else was I doing? Golfed a bit with her dad and uh, no, mixed in the odd workout. Did either of you get any television series that you started to binge watch? That's on me. You just started with Oh. I'm uh, redoing the Game of Thrones. Ah. Yeah. Redoing it, as in you've watched the whole thing start to finish, or you got into it and you lost interest, so you got to go back to square one? I watched the full thing, but... Um... My roommate hasn't watched it yet, so I think we're going to tie one on and watch that. Who's your roommate? Uh, Waddling. Ah, uh, okay. Do you think he'll get into it? I think so, yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's really into that stuff. Loves those board games with those characters. What's that? Uh, what's that one board game with the... I can't remember. He's always into these crazy ones. Um, he likes that stuff. He likes the board games. Yeah, really big board game guy. Good. What about you, Sly? Did you get into any television, or were you too busy out on the lake? Summer, yeah. We don't watch a whole lot of TV in the summer. We're usually outside. I mean, at night we'll watch a movie or, or something like that, but we don't really get into the series. Here, um, I haven't really got into a series here either. Uh, Jenna's back in Georgia, so... I don't get too much Xbox time when, when she's around, so I'm, I'm kind of on the Xbox more than watching TV series. What are you playing? Warzone. The guys got me into Warzone this year. And I'd, I'd probably say I'm number one on the team now. <laughs> Ward, do you want to confirm or deny that for us, or do you not play? No, I play as well. 
if we were going to rank the team, <laughs> I would probably put, we can talk, yeah, Sly can take one. Ber wow. Berkey and myself are right behind him at two. The only other guys that really play are, are Drev and Vlad, but they're, they're so bad. <laughs> so I don't know if we can really even count them yet. Yeah, Drevy's got to be the worst. Drevy's the worst, and Vlad is Vlad is very close. Vlad is definitely the D squad. Drevy is coming out of there. He's looking to hit the C squad. Interesting, because Drevy told me last week that Vlad does nothing but play and watch video games. So I'm glad to see that none of that is helping his game whatsoever. That's great. <laughs> does uh, Does Jenna have the pooch? She does. I, I battle hard every uh, year, but she always wins. What do you got? What's the, what's the breed? What's the age? We got a golden doodle. His name's Henrik. Um, he's five. He just turned five in August, I believe. And uh, he still acts like he's a puppy, so he's a lot of fun. Um, we, we definitely have a lot of fun with him when he's around. He's a character, so it's always nice to have a dog around. That's awesome. Any pets in the Wardley household? Uh, my parents have a couple dogs. Nice. Very good. That does it for segment number two of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour. We're chilling out this week with Cody Sylvester and Evan Wardley as the guys get ready to get back onto the ice this weekend. Saturday, a 7-10 faceoff against the Indy Fuel, and then Sunday, 3:05 on the road at Indiana Farmers Coliseum. One more segment to go on this week's Power Hour, and it's on the Nailers Broadcast Network, presented by Main Street Bank. Final segment of the Wheeling Nailers Power Hour for this week's show with Cody Sylvester and Evan Wardley. Nailers in action this weekend. You can get tickets, a limited amount of them available, 304-234 goal for Saturday night's home game against the rival Indy Fuel, who seems to be one of the few teams that we are seeing early on. We'll see the Fort Wayne Comets quite a bit coming up in the next month or so. Evan, I want to turn the floor over to you right now because there's something that I'm very proud of that you're doing uh, since you left Wheeling here. And you've got a charity, the Unification Project, which is fantastic work by you. So how did that idea come together? And let's go ahead and, and walk right on through what all you've done. Well, uh, well, thank you, Deej. Um, it started last summer. Uh, with everything that happened with the George Floyd incident and Breonna Taylor and the list goes on. I just wanted to kind of address the issue in my own neck of the woods. Uh, Canada, it, it definitely isn't, you know, it has its issues too with racism. Um, it definitely exists all around, all around the, the, the country. So I wanted to try to figure out a way that I could contribute in a positive manner to my community and try to help make a, a positive change. So that's kind of where I got the idea to start a charity. And I approached United Way and they were they were on board with me to, to get it going. And from there, it just was kind of planning it and kind of setting up everything. And then finally was able to release it in December of last year. and. We've already raised a few thousand dollars 
in this in this last month so it's it's starting great and um, I'm looking forward to seeing where I can take it what's it like to really dig your hands in and get involved with something obviously something that means a lot to you but something that can really bring a community together um it was a little nerve-wracking I've never done anything like this before um I've never kind of gone out and approached, you know, different people about starting something like this. This is all really brand new to me, but uh, the United Way has done a really good job of kind of breaking everything down and making me feel comfortable with it. And now that I kind of have a better understanding of it, it's definitely a lot, it's a little more, uh, it's not as overwhelming, I guess I could say, as it first was. What's been the most rewarding part of it for you so far? Um, well, it's still a little too early. I mean, it was great to see the response from it uh, when I first released it. That was really nice, but still, it's an ongoing topic. It's an ongoing issue that I'm really trying to, you know, help make a change for. And so I just think as long as it goes in the right direction and you can see, you know, the, the money being used in the right places that hopefully, you know, there's some some legit change. It's really neat to see with this year's team, too. And we're starting to get close to February and Black History Month. And you've got some teammates. You, Patrick Watling, Lawton Courtnall. This is probably one of the more diverse Wheeling Nailers teams that we see. How much pride do you have in that and really seeing the game grow in this sense? Yeah, I think that's great. Um, for, that's the first for me, for sure, playing uh, playing with that many, you know, black guys. And it's, it's uh, no different. Um, I think that, you know, it's especially in the hockey world, guys are really good like they just kind of you know we're just a bunch of buddies hanging out there hasn't ever been any issues or anything like that with this team which is great um i think for the game to continue to help grow it and help make a, a positive change in some areas and i think that uh going forward hopefully this is a start of uh, a big movement with with hockey and not just at the professional level but at any level just kind of getting more kids of any background involved with the game because it is a great game how much does it mean to you to be a role model for a lot of these kids and to really be able to you know have an impact on kids lives who want to play this game and they have some people to look up to and that can be for either one of you on this question uh, it's huge. I mean, um, we were, both of us or everyone that plays hockey was there at, at one point in their lives. And, and you always look up to the, the hockey players and especially at a professional um, level. Um, I, I would say that I, I wasn't the best when I was coming into juniors in 17. I was, I was pretty focused on just playing hockey. But as I, as I grew older and, and saw all the, all the kids and looking up to you and you, you definitely take the time out of the day to um, go up to them, give them a fist pound. If you can give them a stick, if you know, high five, anything, throw them a puck over the glass. They, they love that. And I know I loved that when I was a kid. So I, I do as much as I can. I know Wardo does too. And, and I think every, every 
guys shouldn't be doing that. It's uh, um, the kids definitely look up to and they, they want to be there someday. So, Evan, do you want to give a quick thought on that too? Yeah, I think Sly nailed it there. It's uh, you, you really do want to give back to the kids as much as you can and really make their experience a lot of fun when they when they're around you or if they ever get the chance to talk to you or something you want to make sure that they have a positive experience with it let's get the information on your charity so that those in nailers nation we know they like you we know that they like the team and these are such wonderful people that they're going to get out and support you guys the best that they can so let's get nailers nation behind it tell us where people can find what you're working on and how they can support you uh well it's on my instagram the uh link uh, that'll take you straight to the donation page and uh, just a little breakdown of it. It's a, it's a charity fund that will, it's anti-discrimination and anti-racism fund. And the money goes into an education program that my goal is eventually that uh, there's a class built and there's teaching seminars for the teachers so that they can recognize it at school and, and deal with the issue in the right way. And hopefully by the time that it's all done, it's a curriculum and it's a course that's taught from, from K to 12. That's, that's the end goal of it all. That's awesome. Great work with that, Wards. Again, I'm, I'm really proud of you for, you know, like you said, not easy to step in from the ground up and be able to, to put something together. And you've got uh, some great work that you've started with, and I, I like where your end goal is going. That's that's really good. Nice job. All right, let's keep on rocking along as we continue on this Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented by the 19th Hole as we get ready for Nailers Hockey coming up this weekend against the Indy Fuel a couple times. Are you guys tired of seeing them yet, or uh, or, or do you enjoy the fact that uh, there's something brewing between you two, uh, that uh, there's a little bit uh, of a rivalry cooking? It's always nice to have a rivalry in the, in the season. Um, but, I mean, we've played them, what, 10 times now? So it was a little much, but I mean it's fun. They're 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 the closest team that we got to play, or I guess I don't know how far Fort Wayne is, but um, they'll be thrown in the mix, and we'll be playing them a lot. So I'm guessing we'll have some heated matches against them as well. Um, but we got to string some wins together, and Indy they got a good team, and they're they're on uh, I think the top of our division. So it's it's time to take them down. Let's talk about this community a little bit and things are a little bit different this year but both of you knowing wheeling as well as you did what is one of the first places that you wanted to go or get something from just something that you missed when you were being away from here for the time that you were hmm um it's a good question i didn't mind going to um TJ's is it TJ's? Yep. Yeah. For, uh, we we watched a lot of the the football games and hockey games there. Um, I kind of miss going there and watching on the big screen, you know, having a beer with the guys and just being able to go out. It's it's different. I mean, you can't really do that. So we uh, we get together in in the lofts here. We kind of have a, a room that our team is can only go into. So we kind of get together and and watch the game. So it's kind of kind of the same thing, but it is nice to be out and be around the the community and the fans. They're they're always great and they, they always treat us well. So that's probably 
one of the things I miss. There's there's lots, but there's that's one of them. Words, what about you? Um, I was really excited for the taco bags on Neely's. <laughs> yes. Really excited about those. And later alligator. I guess I would say I was really looking forward to going back there too. That's awesome. You mentioned going to see the football games on Sundays, but you guys have uh, a room that you can have all to yourselves. So now we've got the Super Bowl matchup where we've got Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Do you have any guys on this team? Are some of the New England guys jumping on the Brady bandwagon? What's the uh, what's the feel in the dressing room right now for going towards the Super Bowl? Um, I don't know if this was a thing, but I know Drebby's – I don't know if he's jumped on the wagon or if he's always been a Brady fan, but I haven't heard the, him talk about him what the last couple of days. He's just yeah. been raving about him. So he's definitely a Brady guy. Um, Foles. Foles, yeah. Foles, Foles is jumping all over the place. It's, it's insane. <laughs> he said last week that he was the uh, off-the-wagon guy. He, was, uh, he did not want to see Brady win. He, and, here, and today he's raving about Brady in the locker room it's crazy this guy you got you got to tell him to keep it straight with you beach <laughs> is there anybody on the kansas city bandwagon because because wears a different jersey every sunday <laughs> really he's a new fan every sunday so but i don't think there's any legit fans that have been with them from day one so yeah but i'm excited to do the squares we always do the squares yep and, um we just brought the board in this morning, so that's starting to get filled up. And I mean, that's the funnest thing for me. Obviously, the halftime show and watching the game are, are fun too. But if you have a little wager on the game between between the team and all the guys, it's then it makes it a little more fun to watch. So your favorite part of the Super Bowl is the squares. Wards, what about you? What do you enjoy about the Super Bowl? I'm a big fan of the commercials. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I got some really good commercials. And we don't get them in Canada, so... What? Really, yeah. Yeah. We don't get the same ones. You guys just played just generic garbage commercials? Like, how to... What's, what's wrong with that? Whoa, 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 Deej. Gar- <laughs> not garbage. It's, it's not as good. Not, not as, as funny. Good. Not as funny. I wonder why that is. Uh, that's That seems like it'd be the tradition that they'd, they'd follow it, but, but not so much? Not so much, yeah. Son of a gun. What about snacks? Because you got to have food during the Super Bowl. What's your go-to snack or meal? What's the ultimate for watching a game? Um, I like cauliflower, some broccoli. <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> There's no uh, way Sly took you serious on that one. Do you want a second take? You better redeem yourself on that one. Well, I pizza is probably the big one. Okay. Yeah, probably go to is chick like chicken wings, pizza. Chicken, yeah. I might make Chips. a uh, buffalo chicken dip. Ooh, yeah, that was pretty good. Make some good dip. Yeah, I made it for the first time the other day for the guys. Also, Sly said he would be doing uh, the thing for the fans. He would make a buffalo chicken dip, and the lucky fan got to try it. <laughs> if we could set that up, Deej. How do you make it? You got to do like a full YouTube channel on Chef Cody in the kitchen. 
that's so that's where I'm going with this awards. You're reading my mind here. Is it a uh, is it a pretty complex process? Is it is this something we could get on the old Naylor TV? What do you think? If you want to bring the crew in, we'll we'll set it up, and I'll get in the kitchen and show you guys how to it's... whip up a couple of dishes. We'll have my sous chef with me, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. You have a good cooking game? Um, no, not really. Jenna's uh, Jenna's definitely the the cook in our in our family. I mean, she she loves to cook, and she she definitely makes a lot of good meals. So. Once we both get in there, I kind of get in her way. I, I, I'm more of the guy, type of guy that just doesn't follow the recipe. I'm just throwing stuff in, and she's she likes her recipes. So she's the book, right? Yeah. Once once that I once I get in there, I just throw a wrench and everything, and I'm pretty much in there for ten minutes, and then I'm out. She kicks me. <laughs> Who are you, are you? Do you have a roommate here? Who are you with? I'm I'm flying solo. Okay. So it's up to you then for meal night to figure out what you're having. Do you ever? go you know, crash and knock on people's doors and say hey what are we cooking tonight guys um actually droby's been bugging me lately we've we've been cooking i don't know probably five i think we've cooked together five nights and we've made some pretty good meals he's he's a pretty good little cook what's he do well he made these brussels sprouts the other day um he puts honey and sriracha on it I've never had that before, but it was kind of like a sweet and sweet and hot. So that was, I'm definitely going to steal that one from him. What's with all the health stuff? Wardley's saying broccoli and cauliflower and you're into Brussels sprouts. Like, are you guys on major health kicks right now or what? Well, this, this, this guy hasn't seen a piece of broccoli or cauliflower in his life. <laughs> We're a healthy team, Deej. There you go. What are you yeah. making or is Watling doing all the cooking? No, we both cook. I'm a big breakfast guy. Big breakfast guy. Breakfast. Mr. Noodles, probably. No. Got uh, dinner. Salmon tonight, actually, Deej. Ooh, nice. There you go. Perfect. The best part of this show is it airs right around dinner time. So if people are listening on their way home from work, then uh, it just makes them probably want to dive into the kitchen that much faster so that's a that's a good way to to put the punctuation on today i want to thank both of you for spending a lot of time with me today and going a chance to go behind the scenes and uh, talk about your different things you've done in life uh, since you've been in wheeling and now that you're back in wheeling uh, i'm very impressed with both of you wards again you know going to school and starting the charity awesome job and Cody starting a life with uh, with Jenna that's awesome so congratulations to both of you good job thanks Deez thanks for having us and um, we're happy to come on anytime and, and talk to you it's always a fun time get out there this weekend play some games and get some big wins we'll be rooting for you Thanks. Cody Sylvester, Evan Wardley, our guests on tonight's Wheeling Nailers Power Hour presented by the 19th Hole. Catch these guys and the rest of the Nailers in action Saturday night, 7-10, against the Indy Fuel at West Banco Arena. A limited amount of tickets available at 304-234-GOAL and wheelingnailers.com. And then there'll be an Indy Sunday afternoon at 3.05. This has been a presentation of Nailers Hockey and ECHL on the Nailers Broadcast Network presented by Main Street Bank.